So, Assalamu Alaikum. Welcome to Olives and Chutney. This is me, Dr. Chutney, and we have Hala with us for our episode 3. Hi, Hala. How's everything on your end? I'm fine. How is you? How's life abroad? Uh, I- I'm still, not, I mean, I'm not abroad yet, but. Soon, <laughs> but yeah, I'm in, in a midst of moving. Like I'm leaving India for good now, mm-hmm. finally, and um, mm. that's pretty much it on my end. And I think you're on summer vacation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what's the topic for the day, Hala? Today, what do you think the topic is, Doctora? <laughs> um. <laughs> so today we're gonna talk about taqwa. Yes, inshallah. So, um, we had a pre-discussion on taqwa and uh, a few other questions. We just shot them around. But I think uh, you weren't there for that discussion. Yeah, we're there in the beginning only, I think. And then I have to leave, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. basically, we decided to discuss the topic and there's three headings as uh, where do we stand with taqwa, what taqwa means to us. And... Uh, how do we think we can improve from our current state and how we can move uh, move to a better state? And the third one is how can we prevent ourselves from falling back into the poor state of uh, taqwa that we are currently in? Because there's always going to be highs and lows in taqwa because that's how iman is. And you have to constantly keep putting um, effort into making it stay at a higher level. Otherwise, it's going to dip. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Exactly. As you know, you put effort into anything that matters in your life, you know. You want you want a good body. You want to be healthy. So you exercise. You eat healthy. The same goes for your iman. You want to have stay or have a steady iman, for example. Of course, you need to practice it. Like, it can't be something passive. You need to keep practicing it. Keep being present and keep uh, searching for things where you can actually keep refreshing it and not just leaving it uh, to the background or leaving it something minor because it's if you think of it it's at the center of your life like what's the purpose it goes back to questions like why do you want to achieve taqwa like what's the purpose of your life so it goes back to you know essential questions like that yeah so um i would agree with you on that and then let's get to the first question where uh, which is where do we stand with our taqwa and what taqwa means to us so uh, I had watched a lecture on uh, the meanings of taqwa and there's uh, quite a few but then the most commonly mm-hmm. translated one is God consciousness right mm-hmm. like in English but the other meanings yeah. that are uh, shared is taqwa actually means protection so uh, you're, uh, yeah. you're protecting yourself and your heart from the attacks of shaitan or from things that could harm you which you might essentially not know is harmful to you we don't really know because we might think something is good for us but then it actually is not and which is why we have the Quran and we we had the Prophet to guide us and to protect us from things that would harm us so essentially to me taqwa is a shield it's like an armor and uh, you Mm -hmm. hold it in front of yourself to protect you from attacks of shaitan So, um, that is what I understand from taqwa. And the second half of the question is, where do I think my shield or my um, gear or my protection, what is the level of it? 
I wouldn't say it's it's the best, but I can t talk about what are my current struggles. So, um, identifying how if your taqwa is struggling is by looking at the quality of our good deeds, whether we are sinning a lot or whether we are putting in a lot of good deeds in our day, because that gives a a direct measure of our taqwa, right? So obligations in our, in our daily life which we are expected to do as Muslims which is considered bare minimum like reading the Quran or praying five times a day what's the quality of these deeds and when we do something do we think about whether this displeases Allah or whether it pleases Him what, do we ask ourselves these questions before we do something yes or no honestly if I have to be honest <coughs> It's not. It's not always a yes because sometimes our nafs takes over Allah's uh, pleasure, our pleasure, and our nafs. We try to start filling into our desires, and I feel like I'm lacking in that area because, especially in this rat race of wanting to succeed in dunya, wherein um, you want to excel in. Uh, amongst your peers you want to do better than everyone else you want to make more money than everyone else etc etc you get sucked into this whirlpool of your desires and wants wherein Allah's desires and Allah's pleasure or Allah's uh, what do you say Allah's commands they take a back seat so I think I'm struggling with that and that directly is affecting my taqwa because I'm not able to put my nafs down for the sake of Allah so that directly mm. reflects in the quality of my obligatory deeds so like my salah it's not really the best mm -hmm. or if I say that my sunnah deeds am I doing more of the voluntary deeds and I think I'm not doing that much and I'm definitely sure that I can do more even the Quran like as we discussed that day after that Alhamdulillah it's gotten better but I was trying to hit the bare minimum of okay let's read a page a day but I wish it wasn't like that because I remember the last time we had a discussion we we concluded this thing that your taqwa and the quality of your deeds is it's a bi-directional link if you have good taqwa your deeds would be good if your deeds are good they also directly affect your taqwa because I remember Ayla she spoke about how there's obligatory deeds and then there's voluntary deeds so voluntary deeds protect your obligatory deeds from falling so if you maintain your voluntary deeds and you your iman starts falling at least you will your your obligatory deeds would still be protected your voluntary ones would fall but your obligatory deeds would still be maintained. Like you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like if you have this extra support around you, like if, for example, if you build a home and you have the extra support and extra shield, it's gonna protect the core of it, even if the stuff around it kind of falls apart. Yeah, so I get what you're saying. So yeah, I would say that I don't really have a shield like that. A lot of my, uh, mm. a lot of my protection is literally just the obligatory prayer. So the moment my iman stop, uh, iman drops. <clears throat> my obligatory deeds take a hit so my five time prayers become a difficult task for me uh, reading the Quran daily becomes a big task for me when when in fact that that should not have been a, a very difficult task you know so mm -hmm. I would say that yeah. do you mind if I add something yeah 
Do you mind if I add just something to what you're saying, just to uh, build into it? Because you're saying that, you know, these small uh, voluntary stuff that you do helps you for your doing your obligatory stuff, right? But, you know, sometimes some people like that could be a hindrance because they're trying to do too much too fast, right? So we were, you know, uh, I think yesterday we were saying and talking about how small, steady uh, deeds that you do are better kind of than doing too much. And then when you fall, you kind of lose it all because you're overworking yourself. So maybe start on building the steady, the obligatory ones. And when you have it down, then you can kind of build into it and add the voluntary stuff. So don't, you know, overload and w- overwork yourself, you know, to the point where you kind of get exhausted and then everything falls apart. So it's a kind of balance between what you're saying and, yeah, being steady. True. I, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so everyone's at a different stage in their uh journey Mm. on iman and uh, being on the right path for some if they previously did not uh, were struggling to pray even three or four prayers a day and now they're doing five mashallah that's that's great but for myself for Mm -hmm. someone who five daily prayers were were, was uh, okay to do and now i'm at a point where five is difficult i am falling down so in that scenario i think for me, once I've built the five, instead of just keeping it at the minimum, I should try and build build some support around it so that so that they can mm-hmm. the obligatory ones could be protected in times of iman when it's low. So that is where mm-hmm. I stand. Do you mind? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mind, like, if I ask you, like, uh, when you say support, what do you mean? Do you mean like extra pairs, or do you mean afkar, or do you like what are other forms of like maybe for there's multiple stuff you can do so because maybe one thing that you're, that you're doing other people might not like it might not suit them as much so what are maybe other options of support yeah i'm any to, anything yeah, anything that. that is not obligatory it falls under voluntary but mm-hmm. adds to your good deeds so that on the day of judgment your mm-hmm. good deeds weigh heavier than your bad ones so i would say like fasting on the white days could be one i mm-hmm. because there's a direct uh, link between fasting and taqwa because if you remember the uh, yes, the, exactly. the ayah in the mm-hmm. Quran as to why do we fast during Ramadan is so that we can increase our taqwa that's that's the ayah in the Quran lots of people they have a uh, distorted uh, reasonings behind why we fast some say oh it's to understand the mm-hmm. plight of the poor but that's that's not the thing Quran says that it is to increase taqwa yeah. so yeah I would mm-hmm. say that is one of voluntary deeds for me, I, I would say mm-hmm. fasting is like the best uh, voluntary deed that you should pick because as someone who is single, who has a lot of fitna around, who is a university student and who has never been in a relationship, fasting is going to put down all desires, your sexual urges, everything is going to just be like sublime and you're going to be protected. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that. So it doesn't only increase, yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Th- so it doesn't only, you know, as you said, increase. It also trains your nafs as well. Exactly. So that would be one. Mm-hmm. Another could be memorizing Quran. That's voluntary, but I feel like that directly links to uh, improving prayers and also like tadabbur. These are all volunteering, voluntary mm-hmm. deeds, which I feel like will protect the minimum obligatory ones. Uh, in terms of uh, salah, it would be the 12 sunnahs and adhkar. Yeah, I think this much for me. Others can pick whatever they like. Mm-hmm. Like sadaqah, charity, yeah. all of that counts. 
So find stuff that you kind of maybe enjoy in the religion and maybe you can practice it. Because I know like for me, fasting is easier and I kind of like enjoy it more. So for me, maybe I would focus on that and ov- obviously do other stuff. But like also like find your niche. Like don't be like, oh, I have to do this. Don't make it like you're forcing yourself. Because obviously if you're forcing yourself to do something, it's, you're not going to m- maintain it. Exactly. Like it's not something you're going to be able to maintain in the long run. So find something uh, that kind of suits you. And you know, that thing can change with time. Like you can maybe sometimes maybe focus on that and shift. But you know, like look into it. Because, you know, everything in your life, you kind of look into it. Like, how do you find something that you like? You try, right? So try different things and different avenues. See things in the religion and, like, go do some research on it. You know, like you do in your life, you go to study. You go to university. You do research. You Like, you do all these things, right? So And you make an effort. So you also have to make an effort to find out some things that suit you. So you can maybe provide the support that you need for your obligatory stuff. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. the question is going to reflect to you now as to uh, what do you think taqwa means and where do you stand with your taqwa? Mm-hmm. First, I want to just say that I've been checking One Path Network website and they're actually talking about taqwa and they talk about me, the meaning of taqwa and they, to- uh, they mentioned some ways you can improve it and it's really nice and short and brief and I really like understood it and I think we should link it in the description box if we have, and then yeah. for people to check if they want to. Okay, so for me, like one example is like a hadith that I remember. It's when Umar bin Khattab anhu, asked Ubay bin Ka'b anhu, about taqwa. And Ubay said, have you ever taken a thorny path? And Umar replied, yes, I have. And Ubay asked, then asked, so how do you travel along this thorny path? And Umar replied, I rolled my... I rolled up my garment and was cautious as to where I would tread to avoid being pricked by the thorns. So so Abai responded and said, this is taqwa. And how do I explain it like in the easiest way that I can in now, like nowadays? So for example, there's something I want to do. But this thing, I'm not sure, is it halal or haram? Is it makruh? Is it not? Like it's suspicious, right? And we all have like these moments where we have some things we're like, we're not sure of. Is it 100% halal? Is it makruh? But like, eh, we know it's suspicious. And maybe even religiously, there's like multiple opinions upon it. You always side on the air of caution, right? So that's how it is. Like you say, okay, just to be safe. And for Allah, I will give it up and I will avoid it. Even though it might be, maybe it's halal, but like you will avoid it, right? So this is what I will say taqwa is. Like you trying to avoid and be cautious so you can be on... Uh, be on the air of like right righteousness and be closer to Allah. So you're giving up this thing that you're not sure of, and so to, and it's in opposition to your nafs, right? Because your nafs might be like, oh no, I want to do it, and it's not hundred percent halal. And you might try, you know, to tell yourself like, yeah, but there is no uh, no hadith about it. It's not in the Quran. You know, lots of people you hear it all the time. I'm sure, like people around you are like, yeah, but it's not haram. Yeah, but it's not in the Quran. Yeah, but it's not mentioned in the hadith. You know, like you hear these things all the time. Like people around you, especially people our age. But you know, like you always have to be like, but can you stand on the day of judgment in front of Allah and be like, yeah, but it's not haram. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know, or would you rather, even if it's eventually it's not haram, would you rather do that or would you rather be like, Allah, I was not sure, but I give it up for you. And always, like, you know, when you give up something for the sake of Allah, obviously, you're going to get so much rewards. And Allah, for 100%, 100%, 100%, like, all the time, He will give you something better, something more. So why not? 
you know, maybe you can even give it up just to get something more, you know. So that's what taqwa means to me, like to be cautious. And and mm-hmm. where do you stand? What do you, what would you say right now? Your current state of mind? I would say yeah, I'm kind of in between states. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not like because I compare myself and I know like something I know like I noticed that uh, some of us say that we kind of compare ourselves to what we used to be before and because we were in maybe in a higher state of taqwa we were we were our iman was higher in some state of our lives right so I feel like a lot of us I noticed that we kind of compare to ourselves not to only to other people but to ourselves in the past which is I th- I think is not good because. I feel like it makes uh, it bring us down and then it makes us feel so depressed and sad and be like, oh, why can't I be like this before? I was like this before. So I feel like not only we should stop comparing ourselves to other people, but ourselves as well. So for me, like I'm kind of midway where I'm not where I used to be, but I'm trying not to focus on that, but I'm trying to just be like, okay, how can I improve it? Instead of just, you know, thinking about the past and like, and just thinking how can I get better? Uh, because I'm like some stuff I'm I'm trying to stop but like I'm not stopping 100% but I'm trying to do better and I think you know like the halaqas the stuff that we do uh, it's also like exactly me too and yeah I'm, I'm trying to be like more active and you know throughout the day to just think okay what's the purpose of life like just not not one time thinking about it but like throughout like each day I'll be like okay you know when you have a list of stuff to do and you're like doing so much like worldly stuff you feel like you achieved much but that is not the goal I go back I always go back and be like okay like even when I'm stressed I'm like why am I stressing like I do the work but like what's the real work it's your worship right and it's the stuff that you do for Allah and when you know you're good then I kind of like it gives you uh, kind of space to relax where you're not as stressed about worldly matters and stuff that's kind of out of your control so I'm trying to kind of redefine my goals and like bring it back to the center. And what is the center for me? Like the going to heaven and like, yeah, and pleasing Allah and, you know, going back to the religion essentially. essentially. Yeah, so I guess we covered, covered the first first question. The second question was, mm-hmm. <coughs> how do we think we can improve our current state of uh, being to something better i kind of just assume that we are, we are in a bad state because there's always room for improvement because we'll never we'll never going to be perfect mm-hmm. wherever we are so even if even never, yeah never even know. if we think we are at level 5 i think there's always going to be level 6 so um yeah w- what would you want to say it as to what do you think as you said you're in the middle right mm-hmm. now you're not the worst and you're not the best mm-hmm. so uh, my question would mm-hmm. rephrasing it it would be what do you think is inching you closer to the best version of yourself and away from the worst version of yourself? What are the factors that are playing into your life right now, which is slowly contributing to your mm. taqwa improving? Mm-hmm. So stuff that kind of like holds me down is, I feel like that I always kind of, I'm the queen of procrastination. I'm sure you're, you're well aware. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of procrastinate and I put stuff, um, I feel like, maybe that I have kind of maybe a f- what did they call it call it I like a ho- I take things for granted maybe I th- say like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow yeah like, you know like I don't have this sense of urgency that okay this might be the last time no I'm like ah oh, I can make it better tomorrow this false hope that you know one of the tricks of shaitan that we know of even though we know it we still keep falling into it so it's like I see this hole and I keep jumping into it basically <laughs> and with wide eyes wide open <laughs> 
So we need to like I need to start working on that where I can uh, take active steps into like all, uh, stopping this behavior and also kind of like being true to yourself and saying okay you're doing this wrong I see you like don't try to make up excuses and uh, you know put it in pity ribbons as they say but like to face the truth and try to come up with solutions where how can I fix this and as I say yeah like your nafs like something you want to do and you all, and also we hold for granted Allah's mercy because you know we always hear Allah so merciful but we shouldn't take that for granted it shouldn't make us I'm sorry <laughs> it shouldn't make us like not want to improve or like be like oh I'm okay with where exactly. I am or like it should yeah because you know Allah is merciful but you know it's still we should not take that uh, for granted and we should not like make that let us you know be less pious or uh, not put as much effort because you know like if you know for example like a teacher uh, he gives you easy marks and he lets you pass all the exams then you're not going to put as much effort into the exam yeah. right? because you're going to be like oh no he will let me pass so you should not do that because you never know like maybe this will happen it, m- it might not happen right yeah so yeah I would say that like false hope and then not procrastinating and yeah practicing restraining the nafs I had something to add to (laughs) what you said before that we shouldn't compare to others of course 100% agreed to that but um, I kind of am a little bit uh, in a dilemma with regards to not comparing ourselves to the past because it has dual nature to it. One is that you said that if we overdo it, we might feel depressed and we mm-hmm. might actually see it as a negative influence. But also if you view it as a positive influence, because like for me in the past, I used to do really well, alhamdulillah. But then when I remember the past, like, oh, once upon a time, I actually achieved this. So that kind of pushes me to my limits because I'm like this is not my best I know I can do better than this because I have done it in the past so it kind of draws a line as to what really is my best capacity so I actually know how much I can do more better but then again you're also right because you know there during the past when we actually achieved those high levels of taqwa the state the uh, the state of mind the environment the our age as well the kind of temptations we have now, we didn't face those temptations back then in our, when we were younger, when our taqwa was higher. And we had uh, much more time and lesser distractions from dunya. Now, in this age, I feel like as we are early adults, there's a lot more temptation and fitna and lots of more materialistic wants. And that way, it's much more difficult to reach the same level of taqwa that we had before. So, yes and a no. I would agree and disagree with that point as to not comparing ourselves with the past. It should be done with uh, a certain level of uh, caution, wherein it should... Balance, yeah. Balance, yeah. yeah. You, it should be mm-hmm. a way of motivation rather than demotivation. So, if we ha- keep that in mind, I think it's it's okay to compare ourselves to the past. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. answering the second part of the question as to what's helping me improve my taqwa because in the past two three weeks i would say the m- number one contributing factor is the weekly halakas <coughs> because i feel like mm-hmm. i mean for the men they have the juma khutbah wherein they 
they just get the rejuvenation of iman and then when it's starting to dip another friday comes and another friday comes so it's like a like a wavelength it goes down and up but like here in the india i don't get the opportunity to attend um friday sermons and women are not expected to attend the friday sermons so yes you if you're going well and good but if you're not that's also okay but ever since you could say that we can listen to one lecture a week and pretend like it's uh, the juma khutbah and i can do it alone but no actually no why is it that there is a friday khutbah wherein everyone comes in a congregation as a community and then we sit together and listen to this uh, lecture and a reminder because there is some if okay. effect that a community has on each other and that is why i believe that the halaqas that we are having is much more powerful than me working on my iman and taqwa alone because shaitan will attack a lone person more stronger than when he when the person is in a group of people righteous mm-hmm. company so i feel like the number yeah. one factor for me is being with righteous people and i understand that it's very difficult to find in today's day and age especially in university where in <laughs> it's really difficult to find friends who think the same or friends who believe that uh spirituality is like a big factor to your entire well-being mm-hmm. as a human being just not excelling in career but also your next life that there, there's a direct relationship to how spiritual you are and yeah i would say i'm blessed alhamdulillah that we are doing the halaqas and uh, it kind of boosts my taqwa a lot so that would be number 1 number 2 would be um let me think the quran because the moment i came back to reflecting on the quran my taqwa really got like affected because just two days back i read the ayah alam ya'nini alladhina amanu an takhsha qulubuhum bi dhikrillah and then i was like this is just direct direct address where allah is just going like mm. isn't it time for uh, those who believe to become conscious of allah or not just conscious or like humbled mm-hmm. or there's lots of words for khashya but then the most common translations are consciousness and fearful of allah and then it kind of just just shakes you awakes you up. like oh my god what am i doing and then there's constant reminders of how the life of this world is fleeting how the life of this world is just mata and how it's just the lowest of lowest and uh, you're going to meet your ultimate um what do you say destination so it kind of when you recite these ayahs in your prayer you're just like oh my god i just literally took 5 minutes away from something that is ultimately just going to pass pass by so those kind of reminders really boost taqwa so i would say that building a relationship with quran it's it might it might not be as strong some days i really ponder heavily some days i don't but the days that i do i feel like that the taqwa level that rises it lasts for at least 2 3 days like my prayers suddenly become better and i'm suddenly disliking being around people that i was okay with being around before you know mm-hmm. like you have a group of friends and then suddenly you don't want to be around them anymore they call you and then you're like no mm-hmm. i would rather not come yeah. that's a sign of taqwa 
तक दीज आर ऑल साइंस दैट यू आर इम्प्रूविंग वेर सडनली स्टॉप एन्जॉइंग द कंपनी ऑफ पीपल दैट यू रियली लाइक एंड यू स्टार्ट डिसलाइकिंग द वे यू लिव I mean it shouldn't go uh, translate into mm-hmm. self hate I'm not saying that but it should be a way of um, motivation to to change and it's a good sign so you should feel better you should feel good that alhamdulillah something in my heart is changing so I feel like these two are the, the main mm-hmm. reasons how my taqwa is improving so having good company company of righteous people and even ala said that the last time that being surrounded by people who actually motivate you to do better because when you see that the other people mm-hmm. are doing more you feel like if they can they do that why can't i but if you surround yourself with people who are doing the bare minimum you start telling yourself oh at least i'm not doing that at least i'm not drinking at least i'm not smoking ek mm-hmm. your yeah. your level of what's good it starts to fall so you start saying things like mm-hmm. at least i'm trying to pray but that's not even a standard that is just so bad already hmm. what what does trying to pray even mean it's you pray or you don't pray <laughs> i'm not saying this in a way of judgment judging anyone it's things that i have said myself and i've fallen victim to it wherein i've been like at least i'm trying to pray but like that's very shameful of myself like how dare i say something like that so i'm kind of just attacking myself through these podcasts like i'm not trying to attack any of the listeners so i don't want anyone to feel like oh my god yeah. why is she being so judgmental so yeah don't they take it yeah. like that you're so judgy doctor oh my god <laughs> so yeah yeah as you said yeah so there's any is there any that's true because we can like it's not an impossible standard five times a day prayer i feel like if I feel like if you have an issue with it like you should reflect why do I have an issue with it you know what I mean so you should sit and reflect like why is it because you feel guilty you know subconsciously because you know you can do it but you're not doing it for reasons which you can do basically yeah so you mentioned that uh, how people take Allah's mercy for granted wherein we just do the bare minimum and then we go like yeah I mean mm-hmm. Allah is merciful it's fine like we don't push ourselves to better because of because we think allah will be okay and allah is going to be accepting of these deeds that i'm doing so i was reminded of a hadith uh, which talks about the five before five i i'm sure you know that too mm, yeah. so i'm just, i'm just going to yeah. tell mm-hmm. that like over here so there's five things that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that you should take advantage of before it's too late the Thank first you. one is your youth before your mm-hmm. old age your health before your sickness mm-hmm. your wealth before your poverty and your free time before your busyness uh, there's one more fifth mm-hmm. one and your life before your death <clears throat> so when you think of the this have this kind of mindset it suddenly instills that sense of urgency and the sense of potential that you have because we tell o- ourselves that yeah okay this is just fine five times a day that's all right and yeah i'll just do a little bit of dua here and there and that's going to be okay mm. but then allah also mentions that he only tests people based on how much they can take which means you have been given a certain potential mm. and allah is going to ask you about that potential on that day what did you do with 
your time? What did you do with your wealth? What did you do with your youth? So we cannot tell ourselves that Allah is merciful and we're just going to do this much and that's okay and He's going to accept it and we're going to be fine. Because you need to be ready to answer the questions which Allah will ask you when He tells, what did you do with the rest of the free time that you had? Because when you put more effort, you mm -hmm. start having less and less free time. And when you spend more in the path of Allah, you have less wealth to do wrong with. You understand? So uh, Allah mm -hmm. can ask True. you about all of yeah. these five things. So w once more, youth, your health, your wealth, free time and your mm -hmm. life. So I think if, if we yeah. instill that mindset, we would be much more um, of conscious and push ourselves more than just being mediocre. Mm -hmm. Can I add to that too? Like, because, uh, you know, like even I had that mentality when I was younger that, you know, when you get older, you're going to do these things. You know, when you're older, you can have fun right now and then you can go back to Allah when you're older and do all these things. But, you know, you might live, and but you might not live that long, right? And for sure, I don't think that the rewards would be the same. Like if when you were young and you had so much free time and you, ha and you can do so much with your money, you know, uh, when you're at that, youthful state where like you can do so much and you want to go out and you see everybody's doing stuff and like it's harder for sure than when you're really old so are you going to get the same rewards as somebody who've been struggling since their youth as versus somebody who only maybe like uh, yeah as I don't want to say as somebody who started older because you never know maybe somebody who started later than might be better than you and the sight of Allah right because we can never know Taqwa, it's in the heart right so it's not something you can say. It's not something from the outside. You can't look at somebody and be like, oh, they have more taqwa or they have more righteousness or this one is better than this one, right? So it's all in the hearts and you can't really tell. I want to just talk about one thing that you mentioned, I think, in the beginning. It was about, I think you mentioned that uh, Islam is a yeah. journey. And I want to talk about that, that it's not the end goal, right? So there's no point where you reach and you'll be like, okay, I finished, that's yeah. it. I'm perfect. I don't need to know anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's good to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, that Islam is a journey. And uh, I think you said that sometimes it's better to be in a group, right? So, you know, in the journey, some people travel together. You know, some people travel alone, right? Also, you can fall. And you can also keep going. So you fall, you go back up. And don't let despair yeah. uh, get yeah. the better of you. Because, you know, some people are like, I did so much, like... But like, okay, if you think of it, what is you? What is you and your sm small, measly, minor mistakes in the face of Allah's yeah. mercy, right? So Allah, yeah, so Allah wrote on his throne that his mercy precedes his yeah. anger, right? So like, what is you and you're like, even if you did so much, like it's nothing in the face of Allah's mercy, mercy you know, just go back to Allah and he would forgive yeah. you, right? So I think that's good to keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah, so I wanted to add this one more point, which is the third element to what is improving my taqwa directly and I would say it is removing garbage from my life I said this in the last session as well and I want to say it once more I have instantly seen so much improvement in the quality of my life when I removed garbage from my life and by garbage I mean things that do not help me in this life or the next they don't help me become a better person in this life and they don't help me become a better person in the next so why am i doing these kind of things and for me right now the biggest influence is social media and i feel like a lot of people will relate to me when i say that because whenever we have free time and we are so tired or bored we just instantly open up our phones and then we just keep scrolling endlessly 
and suddenly I'm watching a video that I never even intended to watch. Like I didn't even know I wanted to watch that. So I feel like that is a lot of garbage. And there's you can identify so many types of garbage in your life. That could be one. Another could be just sitting around with this one friend that is not helping you do better in you, this life or the next. Like I don't think I don't think we as Muslim youth have that kind of time. You know, if we just Mm. If we just respected our time a lot, we could ha- do so mm. much better than the rest of the people. Value yeah. Time, yeah, just just even if you're mm. not busy, just tell people you're busy because I don't think your time should be considered so valuable that you wouldn't want to do something that is beneath. Like even if they're just calling you for a cup mm. of tea, I would say that. Nah, like, what's the whole point? Like, what do you want to discuss over it? Like, why do you want my company? Unless if it's the company of someone that positively influences you, I wouldn't say no. Because to mm-hmm. be honest, there's so much you can do with your time these days, and I'm gonna like, getting bombarded with stuff to do. So it's really not worth it in the end of the day. Because you might think, oh, it's not haram. It's nothing. It's a very you know passive thing. It's a very neutral thing. I'm just gonna go meet a friend. But you don't know how how much yeah. of an effect that has on your overall taqwa, you know. Because I just said the garbage that I'm asking you to remove from your life is not quote unquote haram. When I'm telling you reduce the time, exactly. reduce your time mm-hmm. on social media, I'm, and I'm not telling that as advice. I'm telling that f- to for myself because I am a victim to that, and I'm seeing everyone who's listening to our podcast as people who relate to us. So I'm saying that it. W- yeah, exactly all of us, all of us like are victims yeah. to mm-hmm. it and cutting out social media is not because it's haram but because it is not helping us in any way of course it's a different scenario if you are doing it with the intention of i don't know benefiting someone and uh, you know like using it to spread mm-hmm. positive messages etc etc Th- that is different doing good yeah general, that's yeah. different but mm-hmm. yeah it's a double-edged sword i would say so yeah Re- removing mm-hmm. garbage from your life basically that's the whole point and uh it it kind of has a very strong effect on your quality of life and taqwa as as itself so that would be the second second part mm-hmm. anything you want to add or can we move to the third part yeah i want to add like cuz you said removing that uh, garbage and all that but i want to ask you like is it easy like if for example somebody starting from zero like to just suddenly remove everything and like all of their friends are maybe uh they're not bad but they're not where they want to be in life they're not like as practicing or they're not at the level of Im- iman that they want so what would this person do like they're starting from zero basically yeah i mean so what would you say i guess it's like a jer- mm. it's a slow progression you could reduce start slowly mm. like even social media it's not i'm not asking anyone to go cold turkey because even i am struggling with it but then i'm watching my screen time now I'm seeing, okay, last week I spent eight hours. This week, okay, let me just try and make bring it down a little by one hour or something. I've tried to put like blockers on it and installed apps to control my usage and things like that. So it's, it's a slow progression, I would say. You just have to make sure that you're doing something that makes mm-hmm. you feel proud of yourself. So even if even if you have a certain mm-hmm. group of friends, you can still attend i'm not saying you just cut everyone off because i still have a, a group of friends but i don't meet them often now i meet them once in like a month or sometimes never 
but then yeah the kind of thing <laughs> sometimes <laughs> never <laughs> so yeah trying to yes, reduce yeah slowly gradually but yeah. steady and mm. i wouldn't say you should uh, just cut off and then be a lone wolf start by trying to find friends first find people of positive influence look around the social media mm. i mean i'm not saying go for social media but like you and i we are in like different countries but still the impact that i yeah. the impact that i feel through through you and through the group which is all of us are like s- in different time zones and everything but like i still feel that kind of impact so i would say that your limits are now there's nothing that's stopping you from meeting new and uh, positively influencing people you know it's just that you need to look mm. look in the right places and inshallah make dua and allah will probably send a friend that could probably you know help you better yourself so i would say first find yeah. f- try to find a good company and then slowly gradually just change your company like that and you can try to merge mm, merge okay. merge you, the yeah. two friends and stuff you know like slowly you can start bringing your old mm. friends like hey i'm hanging out with this new friend do you want to come along like that you know so it's mm. i guess that i'm not sure if it's going to work we'll have to see how we struggle and talk about our struggles like right now my main aim like i'm very uh, intentionally trying to cut down on my social media because it keeps bombarding you with these stupid musics and songs and i didn't even know of so many songs and then randomly like it it does take up space in my brain and then when my brain is empty a shaitan just keeps sending those and then instead i could have been thinking about like this be or other things you know even if I, if i don't want people to uh say that oh she's too religious or orthodox so let's just not say that let's just say okay maybe you what is too religious and too orthodox what does yeah, that i've been uh, branded that many times so i kind of get scared to tell anything i'm like oh you're not uh, that religious to even talk about that and that in that way so yeah i why are you judging me i'm not judging <laughs> you so yeah so when you have a m- clear mind you have a clear vision you know your your goals start to come more mm. uh, clearly to you and you are more focused in life but when you have this random music running in your brain <laughs> even when you mm-hmm. have free time you don't have a yeah. sense of direction so yeah it mm. definitely need to cut down on that i would say so that's pretty much it yeah. so do you want to move to the third session or mm. the just one more small yeah. thing uh what do you think do you think it's in relation to instant gratification so your question mm-hmm. is uh why do you think we are so addicted to it and you're mm-hmm. you're assuming that it could be because of uh, instant gratification yeah um honestly i mean it could be that because it's it's exciting that's the whole thing that the it's the dopamine mm-hmm. you get so Dopamine, yeah, it's yeah. all about dopamine mm. because the moment you start scrolling, you don't know what's coming up next. So you are excited to know oh, what's gonna come up now. Am I gonna enjoy it or am I not gonna enjoy it? And then you keep scrolling for that instantly feeling, feeling of joy or I don't know. It's just the excitement, like oh, what's gonna come up next? So that thought of that mm. kind of uh, feeds into the dopamine. But honestly, like. there's lots we can talk about dopamine like i kind of read about uh, how dopamine yeah. works and like building up maybe we can do it in the next session 
I will have to revise everything and come because I kind of forgot some of it. Mm. But yeah, I would agree with your part where it could be ha have to do with a dopamine and instant gratification. So yeah, we can move to the mm -hmm. third session now. So yes. the third and the final session before we conclude is about how we can prevent ourselves from going back to the current state of being, like what probably led to where we are right now. And I feel like uh, that question is very much related to the second question, but we could still try to discuss a few points. So um, what do you say uh, would prevent, prevent us from going back to or falling, having a dip? maintaining a steady this it's like it's just it's just a recollection of points because it the answers are very overlapping right mm. there's no that yeah whatever yeah. i'm gonna say now is probably already said before but just to put it put it into mm -hmm. a, a better perspective okay Yeah. Even smiling, yeah. Mm. Even smiling, I would say, yeah. Mm. 
So I'm just going to, I think, add a little bit to your points. Uh, so I'm going to start from the bottom where you said charity. And you said charity towards your family, right? So, you know, because you know, I think some people, like, the when they think charity, they right away, like, they go and give charity to other people, right? And they forget their own families, yeah. and their families are actually in need. So it's that you get more rewards. You get rewards for Salat al-Rahim, and you also get rewards for the charity itself, right? Because also, if you think of it, like, who's going to give you family money, right? So you're going to give other people, but then who's going to give your family? Then you're going to leave your family in need. And, you know, it's not nice for people to want and ask money from people or ask for help. Yeah. Right? So easier to ask from your family member rather than a stranger. So I think you should start charity from people around you, your friends, and then your maybe your community, and then, you know, go further and further, right? True. Also about night prayers, um, you can eat you, night prayers. Like, you can start with maybe even with your... Right, or you can start with surahs. Right after Isha, right? So start Agreed with bare minimum, you slowly. So and uh, yeah, and I would say one thing is to learn about Allah, because if you learn about Allah, it's impossible not to love Him, right? And when you know all the blessings that He gave you and all the stuff that, you know, like I keep thinking about it, and like it's one of those things that help me. Like whenever I think I go back and I think about Allah's mercy and what Allah gave me, and then you know I feel guilty and I feel like. This is what I'm doing. Allah is giving you everything and more, and He's giving you more than what we deserve. And this is what how we're, this is how we're treating Allah. Like, and you go and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do bare minimum. I'm gonna do like a little bit, and then even the when you go and you feel like it's an obligation, like I don't like that, you know. So I'm also trying to work on that instead of it like being just an obligation and something I just Makes I'm sense. just checking yeah. off my checklist, right? Yeah. So yeah, building and that I relationship, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, adding to uh, knowing the sifat of Allah I feel like it is very important when it comes to dealing with emotions of uh, fear and anxiety as well because when you mm. know that Allah is all knowing Allah is protecting of you and Allah has all power over things suddenly you feel like he's on my side and you just feel like you're undefeatable mm. like you get this mm. sudden Serenity. sense of empowerment and s- calmness mm. wherein you're true. like if Allah is on my side why, who do I have to fear then it's all gonna fall yeah, in place true. nobody so, can do anything to you if Allah is on your side right yeah so I feel like yeah th- I'm, I don't know why you missed that point it should have come in the first beginning itself. yes it needs yeah. its own episode that's why <laughs> yeah so Hundred percent, and learning Allah's names and learning His sifa was it's definitely gonna have a direct impact. So mm. I guess that's it. Uh, we can end our session then. One more thing. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go no, ahead. Okay, but this is just like one more thing. Uh, I would say just talk to Allah. You know, people think that has to be formal or something. That's okay. Like before you go to bed or throughout the day, be like Allah. Like talk to Him. You know, o- obviously, like in a good way, not rudely. But like talk to him like <laughs> as, as a friend, you know. You see how children are when like you tell them to talk to Allah, and they write sometimes notes, and they're like, "Dear Allah, you know, it's so cute." So <laughs> talk to Allah, you know, have a relationship with Allah, basically, you know. So talk to him, like the Allah, you know, you know me, like I'm weak, I can do this, help me, like through all these things that we're talking about, like ask Allah for help. Don't be afraid to ask. And Allah still said, like just ask him for anything, even if it's the simplest thing, even if it's shoelace you want to 
tie, just ask Allah, like Allah and loves it. You think, I think sometimes I, I also was talking to Allah about this thing, it was like years ago where I feel like we kind of treat Allah like a person where you know how you ask people for so much and then you feel like that they're tired of you. And they do, because imagine you asking somebody all the time, oh, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this, right? But Allah is not the person. Allah is Allah. Yeah. So he loves when you talk to him. The more you talk to him, he loves it, right? So keep doing that. Like I had something to add. These conversations, yeah. When you said so that, when you said that, um, you want to keep asking Allah more because Allah likes it when we a- when you ask of Him. There's mm. this thing that I'm a victim of, and a lot of people can relate to it. Wherein we go like. I feel so ashamed to ask Allah for anything because I'm not being a good Muslim. Mm. Like, wh- how, why will Allah listen mm. to me? Or like, I don't feel like I deserve to ask Allah anything because I'm being such a bad person. And I feel like that's like the number one tricks of shaitan. And uh, it's yes, like true. a cycle. So you just ke- keep getting worse and worse because perhaps if you had just stepped on your ego that I'm a bad Muslim and I don't deserve to talk to Allah and just accepted that you're a bad muslim yeah allah i'm a bad muslim like help me like forgive mm. me just help me yeah put down your ego first that's our yeah, problem and, yeah, and you can be like that's yeah that's you know you know where the point uh where it comes in where you'll be like okay what is my mistakes and what is allah's mercy like you are you know that kind of also falls into what you're saying that what i'm doing like it's it's not that it's nothing it's wrong but also like it's nothing in the face of Allah's mercy you know yeah like Allah can forgive all my sins why shouldn't I go back to Allah like so right? it's two extremes wherein they're like Allah is definitely mm-hmm. going to uh, forgive me and the other extreme is Allah is never even going to listen to me he's never going to forgive me so what's the point mm-hmm. so I feel like middle ground is where we have to mm-hmm. come to and then yeah so realizing that Okay, you're saying that you're a bad Muslim. Allah is not going to listen to you. So what's the point? Okay, accept that you're a bad Muslim. Go and conv- uh, confess. Yeah, Allah, I'm a bad Muslim. I'm struggling with these things. And without your help, I don't think I can do it. What What's the harm in that? Just just go and ask Allah to help you. And then accept hmm. accept that you are, you are struggling. Because that, that's the whole point about... Like, Jannah is full of sinners. It's not full of people who... Exactly, yeah. Who are doing be- uh, who are doing oh, well? Not Jannah, uh, this life, not Jannah. Uh, what's it called? Oh, is it Jannah or yeah, is it? I no, it is word. Jannah. It is Jannah is full of sinners oh. who repented. Hmm. And you know, it even says. Uh, I think there is a hadith. Do you know it? That where it says Allah mentions that if you didn't make mistakes, like Allah would erase you and bring people who would make mistakes, so just so He can forgive them. Um, uh, do you know that hadith? No. Oh, okay. So. Uh, I don't know if I'm paraphrasing, but like there's something along these lines. I'm sure we have some scholars. If we do, write it in the comments, please. <laughs> I don't think any scholars are listening to this, so uh, we <laughs> they have they have better things to do in their life than to listen to two bunch of kids talking. Mm, not wasting our time. <laughs> so yeah, we we will have to re- cross verify that hadith. But the one that I'm talking about mm. is Jannah is full of sinners who repented. Not just full of sinners, because then that would be Jahannam. Yeah. So, so the whole not full of perfect people, yeah. Yes, basically the point is that we are not angels. The, the human being is such that they make sins, but they also ask for forgiveness. So I think uh, the bottom line is, like if we come back to asking for forgiveness, restarting your slate, erase everything, and then let's start fresh. 
Let's give ourselves mm. a second chance, and let's keep giving ourselves. And even if we fall. Yeah, let's True. give. Give. Even if you fall, keep. I keep having that also mentality that even if I fall, I'm just gonna rewind, come back. Always have that that you will never lose hope in Allah's mercy. That you will always come back. You, whatever you did, just have it in your mind. Don't overthink it. If you overthink it, it might, you know, like shaitan might come in and like. <laughs> 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 so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Like keep keep like I that's one thing with me that's stuck in t- to this day that I'm like I will always come back. It doesn't matter what I did, I will always come back and I will try to come back as soon as I can. So don't delay it. Be like, "Okay, I did this. Okay." Oops. I got too excited. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. We need to we need to finish this halak. We need to finish this episode. <laughs> so yeah, always come back. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess that's it then. We can end it on that note. And thank you so much for listening, everyone. And hope we see you again in the next episode. Until then, assalamu alaikum. Bye-bye.